Welcome to the Pre-Vet Pausecast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to season four of the Pre-Vet Pausecast, Binging the Application. I'm Alex Avellino, and with me is my strategic communications intern and producer, Jeffrey Young. Jeffrey, this is one of my favorite sections, letters of recommendation. How do you feel about talking about this today? I feel good, especially because the last two episodes we had about getting experience were kind of leading up to this part. Yes, they sure are. The experiences that y'all gain as a professional adult in your college experience or after college really help shape who is going to write your letters of recommendation. You know, hopefully you're bonding with these folks, you have mentors, you're seeing people and you're like, I want to be them when I grow up. And those will be the folks who are supporting you on your way to veterinary school. So today we are approaching the letters of rec in a classic who, what, where, when, why, how format. And I'm gonna go through each W slash H with you about how to get the best letters of recommendation possible. Okay, so first we're gonna start with the what. What is a letter of recommendation and how does it end up looking to the VEMCAS application? Many of you have had to ask for letters of recommendation in the past, either for college or references for jobs. And it's a little bit different on the VEMCAS side. So the first thing that you should know, you do not get a physical copy of this letter of recommendation in your hand. You will open up the VEMCAS application under the large supporting information section. You will see it under recommendations. And you go into that recommendation section and you have to request these letters of rec. VEMCAS requires three letters. You can submit up to six, but you will go in, you will type the names of these folks, you will type their email. VEMCAS will ask you, when do you want this completed by? You'll get to follow along with the status of the application to find out if they've done it, has it been received by VEMCAS? It's very cool. You can kind of watch that. Like, what is that process like for you, Jeffrey, watching folks turn these in? Uh, especially when you know the people, it's a little funny because some of the people you know uh, you got to follow up with a little bit more. Some of them are right away. Yeah. Uh, but it's really important to just stay on it because the VIMCAS says that they are not responsible for if your recommendation, something happens to it. That is something that you have to be tracking. Speaking of tracking individual folks, something that students don't always think about. When you're filling out this form, it's going to ask you if you waive your right to the letter. Did you see that section, Jeffrey? Yes. So you either can say yes or no. Students, you have to say yes. You waive your right. Okay, now you don't have to say yes, but if you say no, how it comes across to the admissions committee is that you wanna read this letter because you don't trust what this person is saying. That might not be true for you. You might not know what that section means. You might just wanna read it, but my biggest piece of advice for that part, say yes, you waive your right, which is basically saying you trust this person to be honest and truthful and you feel comfortable with them writing your letter. So you will not have the physical letter in your hand. They're gonna get an email from VEMCAS that basically says Jeffrey Young or whoever you are has requested a letter of recommendation from you. You also get to put in there a little note if you would like to. Jeffrey, do you remember if you put in a little note to your folks? Yeah, I usually just sent in a little thank you. I recommend that. So it's gonna say, do you wanna say something? And you can say, 
thank you, Dr. Smith. I really appreciate you writing this letter for me. Please let me know if I can help in any way, et cetera, et cetera. Then they are on their own to send the letter. It's not just a letter they have to send. They also have to fill out a form of qualities saying on a scale of excellent to poor, how you perform in their presence. So some of those things are uh, ability to handle animals. So if you're asking a professor of literature to write a letter of recommendation from you, for you, they're not going to say that you're excellent at handling animals. That would look super sketchy. So they're going to put not observed. But they would be able to mark you down for time management, emotional stability, reaction to criticism, leadership, teamwork, all of those qualities. So it's not just a letter. It's a form of qualities plus a letter. So that's kind of the what of the application. Let's talk about why. Why is it important? Why do we care? Well, you know, we are looking at this 40 to 60 page document of your VEMCAS application, all from your perspective. It's really important that we hear from other professionals who you are, how you've performed, who you're going to be in a veterinary class and as a veterinarian, what kind of leader you are, how you interact in difficult situations. Uh, because it's really helpful to just have other folks weigh in. Sometimes our self-awareness is not the best. Sometimes we just want some other opinions. So it's really great to have professionals support you. It also shows us that you can network with others. That's really important to us as well, because this is a people profession. It is not just about animals. We have to make sure that you can connect with people. And that's why the letters of record are so important. So when we're thinking about how many you want to submit, um, I, I think three is great. Jeffrey, I know you're going to do four this year. You might decide to do more. It's each student's personal journey, how many you want to submit. But I think when you have too many letters, it becomes too much for the admissions committee to read. So just get your three to four strongest letters in while keeping in mind that every vet school might have a different recommendation for letters. Some vet schools might want you to have two from veterinarians, two from professors, and an outside source. So you have to look at what each vet school is looking for. Yeah, and I think it's also really important to look at which ones they're requiring mm. because some of the vet schools just recommend that, say, you get an academic letter of recommendation, but others will require it. A hundred percent. UF has no requirements for letters other than one strong letter from a vet. The other ones can come from different folks, and we'll talk about that. But in general, every school is going to want to see that vet letter, and some schools do require a professor's letter. So where are these letters coming from? Let's talk about the where. When you're looking at your application and you're looking at what you write about in your essays and what you blog for your experiences, you want letters to come from those folks, from those super salient experiences. So if you've worked as a technician for three years, you do not want to miss out on having a letter from that practice. Make sure you have one. Otherwise, we're gonna be looking at the application and saying, why hasn't a letter come from here? This is someplace they've worked for a really long time. Or if you spend an entire essay writing about an experience you had over an internship over the summer where you spent 40 hours a week at a location and there is no letter from that person, that is a red flag. So make sure that the letters are coming from people who you've worked with extensively and that you are talking about and highlighting in your application. You are going to make sure they are no family members. So if your father or mother or aunt is a veterinarian, you're not going to ask them for a letter of recommendation because that is going to show major bias and low self-awareness. So avoid that. And on the opposite side of that coin, if you've only worked in a practice for three weeks, 
you probably do not want a letter of recommendation coming from those folks. So just make sure it's from the folks that you've worked with the most. So Jeffrey, talk to me about your strategy for letters of rec. Where are you getting them from? Uh, so for me, I'm asking for four this time around. And the first one I'm getting is from the small animal vet that I worked at for three years. Perfect. The second one is at the large animal vet I've been working at for the last six months. But doing like 10 hour days. Right. Oh, yeah. So 10 hour days. And right now I'm doing three days a week. So yes. 30 so, hours a week. So while six months, because on the application, on the letter of rec, it asks how long you've known the person and they can say less than a year, one to two th years three to five years or five to 10 and then 10 plus. So for that particular letter, that reviewer will say less than a year for you, which is not ideal. However, they also have to say, how well do they know you? Very well, moderately well, and minimally well. Don't you feel like that vet can say they know you very well at this point? I can honestly say that even though it's only been six months, she knows me better than the doctors who I worked with for three years, just because the atmosphere is a lot different working large animal where we're just us two working very closely for 10 hour shifts. Exactly. So folks don't get hung up on, oh, they haven't known me for a full year. If they know you super well. Wonderful. It looks very sketchy if you've known someone for 10 years and they don't say they've known you very well. So just be aware of all of that dynamic. Jeffrey, who else is writing your letters? Where else are you getting them? Uh, so the other one I'm getting is from the Bird of Prey Sanctuary I volunteered at from one of the park rangers. And they know you super well? They do. Mm -hmm. I've known them for about three years working at the Bird Sanctuary, and I've worked closely with them. And you have a professor letter as well? Yeah, I have it from one of my instructors who taught one of my animal science classes, and then I was also a TA for them. Yes, let's talk about this for a second because some schools are gonna require that professor letter. And if you took a class one time with a professor who had like 300 students in their class, that's probably not gonna be super helpful. But in your situation, your instructor got to know you super well in the class and then you TA'd for them. Let's talk about the who. So we know where we're getting our letters from. They're from salient experiences, but who on that staff should write your letter? So let's say you are at a veterinary practice with five veterinarians. We recommend one letter per practice. The reason for that is we are assuming that the entire practice feels the same way about you. So if you don't want to hurt all the veterinarians' feelings and you want everyone to participate, maybe they can write you a committee letter from that practice. Maybe you, this happens a lot. Students get really close with veterinary technicians. And unfortunately, sometimes admissions committee members would much rather see a letter from the vet. So if you're closer with the technician, see if the technician will write that letter for you with the veterinarians, okay, and then the veterinarian can sign off on it. I think that's totally fine. But you just wanna evaluate who is writing the letter. Do they know you well? Can they speak to who you are? Can they write about your personal qualities? That's something to consider. When it comes to PhD students versus PhDs, I think they'd really prefer to see the PhD versus the grad student. So again, maybe the grad student, you're working with them in the lab, maybe they can write the letter and the PhD can sign off on it as long as the PhD gets to know you. So meet with those people, have Zoom meetings, take them out to lunch, get to know them. They should really be able to chat about who you are as a person. Now let's talk about strategy on how to ask for the letters and when to ask for them. So the how looks like this. You approach the person. 
I recommend in person or on Zoom. No text, no email is my recommendation. And you're going to go ahead and say, Dr. Smith, I've enjoyed working with you for six years. Um, as you know, I'm applying to veterinary school. Do you feel comfortable writing me a strong letter of recommendation for vet school? And hopefully they get really enthusiastic and they want to do it and they have the time. You want to be careful if they pause or if they have a lot going on and they can't do it. You're going to want to ask somebody else. So be, have some self-awareness there. But the two big points there are, do you feel comfortable? And the strong, the word strong, because strong means they're going to write you enough. They know you well enough. The comfortable piece gives them an out if they don't have time or they're not comfortable. So asking, do you feel comfortable writing me a strong letter of recommendation? And then you want to ask them after you've gotten to know them for a while. So you don't ask them two weeks after knowing them. You ask them hopefully after a summer or six months or a year, and then you give them a reasonable timeline. For me, when folks ask me for letters of rep, two weeks is plenty of time for me, but that's not enough time for some people. So I would recommend, you know, when you first get to know them, asking them, how does someone ask for a strong letter of recommendation from you? So you can say, Dr. Smith, do you write a lot of letters of recommendation? And they say, of course I do. And you say, how does someone get a strong letter from you? And then they might say something like, well, they've worked with me in my practice for more than six months. They ask me three months in advance for the letter. They provide me with a draft of the letter. Then I edit it and sign off. So you want to have these really vulnerable conversations with your letters of rec to find out what they need from you. And let's, let's talk about the draft part. I might ask a student, okay, what do you want me to write about? Go ahead and give me a skeleton or an outline, and then I'll go in and edit it. And it's really helpful because they know more about our relationship sometimes than I'll remember, or they know what kind of impact the experience they've had with me is or looks like, so I'll ask for a draft. That is totally normal. So what it would look like for students would be to go ahead and outline in paragraphs what you want the person to talk about. And of course, sometimes folks will be more than comfortable writing the letter for you. They'll have templates ready to go. They know you well enough to write the letter. So keep that in mind. The things you want to ask for, you want to ask for it to be on letterhead. You want to ask for it to be maybe three quarters of a page would be great by the time they have everything laid out. Um, you want to ask for them to highlight specific things. So. Sometimes students have asked me, who are our student ambassadors, if I could write about their professionalism or their school spirit or the number of events that they've participated in. So if you have specific things you'd like for them to talk about, put that in an email. So something to consider with who's writing your letters, you want them to be recent. If you haven't worked with someone for more than two years, two or three years, that might look a little sketchy because we're going to look at who wrote your letter and we're going to see the last time you worked with them. So you want to make sure you're keeping up with these folks. Maybe you're still getting mentored by them, but if you haven't seen or heard from them in multiple years, I would not recommend using that person. I probably wouldn't recommend anyone from high school unless you dual enrolled or you're a younger student and you were in high school recently. But in general, you want to keep them super professional. If it were me, I would do two strong letters from veterinarians from different practices, preferably different species if I have it. Then I would want to do maybe an employer or someone who's worked with me on the customer service side of life, maybe a research professor, but I like a little variety when I see letters. So again, look at your experience section, look to see who should be writing them, ask in an appropriate professional way, follow up when appropriate, and then watch that VEMCAST tracker to see when they're getting those letters of recommendation in. And I also think it's important to look at when each one of your vet school applications are due 
because I know some of the vet schools have rolling admissions. Mm. And so you want to make sure that you're setting that due date for them before. And UF, for instance, has a recommendation for having your VIMCAS uh, submitted by August. And so just to adhere to that, I made sure to set all of my letter of recommendation due dates um, a couple weeks before that, just in case there's any issues, I have enough time to actually work through them. Yeah, when it comes to things that are not in your control, asking them for asking for them earlier is a safe space and a safe bet. So things like transcripts and letters of rec, for sure, I recommend August 31st. Get all of those in so you feel comfortable that they're going to get reviewed. Like Jeffrey mentioned, if you're applying to a school that has rolling admission and you want to get in and they give preferential treatment to students who get their application in early, then you want to get everything started much earlier than August and September. So just be aware of all of those deadlines. Well, we hope this was helpful when it gets time for you to approach these folks. I know sometimes it can feel a little intimidating to ask for a letter of rec. These professionals are used to it. They support you. They want to help you get there. As a professional, I love seeing when I write a letter of recommendation for someone for a scholarship or for a program and then they get in. It makes me feel great to know that I help them to get their dream and get on their journey. I'm Alex Avellino. I'm Jeffrey Young. And we'll talk to you soon.